0: Welcome to The Shannon Plan. This is episode 105. The preseason is over. The 49ers have, quote unquote, finalized their roster. But as we know, there's gonna be a lot of moves toward the bottom of the roster And as the 49ers just look to improve. As we head into week one, we are a couple weeks away. As always, I'm joined by Akash. Akash, how
1: you doing? Doing well, man. I did not think we'd be sitting here August 31st, 2022. And Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster. Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Here he is. So this got, and we don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the quarterback because it feels like that's all we ever do. But there was a little piece in, in The Athletic that was edited out since because, of course. So it said that Jimmy postponed shoulder surgery purposely to essentially stay on the roster. Um, Again, that's not in the article any longer. Do you buy that?
1: I don't buy that. I think he did what's best for him at that time, which was to go through the rehab and then have the surgery. And ultimately, I think, you know, he got hurt on the 49ers watch. And so I'm not going to blame him for having the surgery and doing what's in his best interest at the time. It's just unfortunate that it ended up working out this way and that he ended up on the roster. But I think ultimately maybe we'll get into this. But I think... It's going to be a positive now that they've got Garoppolo back on this cheaper deal. And in the event there's an injury to Trey Lance, it isn't a lost season, right? I think if you watched Brock Purdy or Nate Sudfeld during the preseason, you wouldn't want them to take meaningful snaps during the regular season. And in in the worst-case scenario, if there's ever an injury to Trey Lance, now you don't have to worry about that. You've got a proven veteran starter behind him, and I think we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think Shanahan knows that he's
0: been burned. Like history has told, uh, showed us that he's been burned um, by having to rely on backup quarterbacks. And in this league, backup quarterbacks, like they're okay for a game or two, but once they have to play extensively, it's just not worth it. And the 49ers have enough cap space where bringing Jimmy back for $6.5 like again, like th- it makes sense if you're looking through those lens, through the lens of Shanahan and what he's gone through in history. Okay, enough uh, Jimmy talk for now. Let's talk about the practice squad so the 49ers as of recording this right now they have filled seven out of their 16 spots so cornerback quantitative Knight, wide receivers tay martin and willie sneed safety Tayshawn gibson linebacker marcelino mccrary ball a fan favorite offensive lineman jason poe and safety taylor hawkins are all on the practice squad so far again they have they nine more spots to fill. So uh, I imagine they're going to look outside of the roster for a few of those spots. And we mentioned the 53, the final 53 was finalized. What does the roster, how it's currently constructed now, what does that say to you? Like, what can we expect come week one?
1: On the offensive side of the ball. And I said this earlier, it was, it was always okay. How many wide receivers are they going to keep? How many running backs are they going to keep? Um, how many tight ends are they going to keep, right? Of the skill position, what is the division going to be? And, and years past, they've kept, they've kept six wide receivers, four running backs, and like three tight ends, something like that. And this year they chose to go five wide receiver, four tight ends, uh, when Tyler Croft, you know, gets signed later today and uh, Jimmy Ward goes in IR, and then they'll have five running backs, which is the first under Kyle Shanahan. And that doesn't even include Kyle Juszczyk, who, who, as we know, is, you know, their offensive weapon. And so, you know, I think the first indication you get is that Kyle Shanahan intends to run the crap out of the ball of the season. You know, we're, we're talking like 2019 levels, just given the depth that they have at the running back position, given how many tight ends on the, are on the roster. And I think given the pass protection inconsistencies we've seen from this offensive line, I just think, you know, Kyle Shanahan in his nature, his ethos is to run the ball. And now you've got a mobile quarterback. You've got all these backs. And I think you're going to see a lot of heavier personnel. And they're going to try to run, run, run. And then you take advantage of Trey Lance's explosive arm. You take advantage of some of the speedier receivers on the roster. I think you're going to see a lot of deep play action shots out of bigger personnel, you know, 21, 22 personnel. And I think there's going to be wrinkles out of that. So I think it's going to be more of what we saw in 2019 with the added – running element that Trey Lance brings, but I think they're just going to run it down people's throats. And I I mentioned this a little bit in the
0: 53 man prediction a couple of weeks ago, where if you're keeping X amount of running backs and X amount of wide receivers, if it comes down to Jordan Mason or Malik Turner, who has a better chance of being an impact player for you? The, the answer seems pretty obvious where that guy is probably going to be Jordan Mason. So I think they made the right decision there. You don't want to risk, run the risk of losing Mason because Jamichael Hasty got claimed by the Jaguars. Mason is for sure, was for sure going to get claimed by somebody. He was not sneaking through waivers. And we, we know this team like Elijah Mitchell was banged up, was banged up in preseason. There's no telling how long he's going to last during the season. Last year, whether it's Jeff Wilson. It seemed like almost all of the running backs were hurt. So if you if your plan is to run the ball, it makes sense to keep all of these extra backs. And I think whether it's Ty Davis-Price, Mason, Trey Sermon, they're all going to get their shot. And that's another reason why, where you can keep them fresh. That way, come November, December, um, you'll have an idea of who you want to hand the ball to. So I think the running back situation is going to be kind of fascinating to see it play out. Elijah Mitchell's RB1 right now. But I don't know if that's going to be the case come the end of the season. And while we're on the topic, I me and you talked about this a little bit before. One of these guys might not dress, right? Like, again, so they have six running backs. If you can't call you check, and he's going to play a ton. One of them is not going to dress. In your opinion, who is that guy going to be?
1: I think it's going to be either Jordan Mason or Trey Sermon. I think it's going to be one of those guys. I can't imagine Elijah Mitchell not being RB1. Right, I think Jeff Wilson, they trust in pass-blocking situations or in pass-catching situations. Um, And then obviously Ty Davis-Price, I can't see him standing there in in sweatpants and a hoodie in week one. So I imagine it's one of those guys. I have a hard time believing they're going to carry five running backs on the active game day roster. So I'd imagine it's one of Sermon or Mason. And maybe early on in the season they force-feed Sermon a little bit, right? and know that Mason is an undrafted free agent. It just makes sense given kind of the roster hierarchy or politics or whatever you want to call it. And then maybe if Sermon is able to hold on to that spot, then it just makes sense. And maybe if he struggles, then you insert Mason. But I think out the gates, I think you dress Sermon and probably Mason would be a game day inactive. Yeah, I think Mason's going to be one of those
0: guys that they try to protect. You know, you can call him up or you can use him on the practice ground, and protect him uh, the Tuesday or Wednesday beforehand. So Jeff Wilson is the third down back and I imagine he'll get the first crack at it. But I also think that's a role that Shanahan wants Sermon to be. Uh, we saw him have a drop in the preseason, but he also has some. I feel like he's one of the lone running backs on the team where they feel comfortable. that He can split out and throw the ball, too. So that is a big weapon for them in. Uh, just when you were talking about the personnel that they're going to use, whether it's 12, whether it's 21, Kyle Shanahan does a really good job of splitting his running backs out. And we see that happen with Kyle Juszczyk all the time. So I think Sermon, that's where his biggest advantage is over the other running backs. So I do think Sermon is going to dress, but again, like just watching it all play, I will be, will be fun to see. Okay. Back to the 53. So to Wednesday morning, Uh, The 49ers claimed Blake Hance from the Browns. He has played both tackle and guard. He started eight games, I believe, for the Browns last season, and all of those came at whether it was right tackle or left tackle. His stats are not pretty, so he allowed eight sacks uh, last year. His blown block percentage was 4.7, and for those of you, just for reference, that was higher than Tom Compton, who is not very good, as you recall. So he's still, I mean, he's still relatively young. I believe he's 26. Um, he is on the active roster, though. So there has to be a corresponding move, which means one of these guys on the roster currently, uh, the Forty-Niners are going to say bye to. I would guess that's Jalen Moore, who I, th- man, his athleticism to me, I thought the 49ers were going to work with him, we're going to be able to develop him, and he was going to be able to turn into something. That has just not been the case. And he was out for a couple of weeks during training camp, and that might have set him back. But during the preseason, he just looked like his head was spinning. And the last game was probably the icing on the cake for him, where Shanahan said after the game, like we need to fix this. And Hans by claiming him, I imagine, is one of the ways to fix that. So I think. It's going to be more on the way out. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, where where do you see them going? What direction?
1: I agree with you, right? We talked about this before we hit record. I imagine they're not going to take away from another positioning group to add to the offensive line. Like, I don't think they're going to cut, like, a linebacker or something like that. I imagine they're going to replace one of the line offensive linemen they have on the roster, and if you just go down the depth chart, it's either Jalen Moore or Colton McKivitz, And I'd probably lean Jalen Moore just because I feel like they trust Colton McKivitz to be a spot starter, similar to, I think, what they'd expect Blake Hans to be, uh, kind of swing tackle, spot starter in the case of injury, just depth, right, in case McGlinchy misses time or one of the guards misses time. So I'd lean more and agree with you. But like you mentioned, you know, just talking to some people who follow the Browns closely, just you know, reliable backup, someone that is good in spot duty, a game or two, but someone you don't want to play 16, 17 games. And that's the time of player that you claim. And And if you remember the 49ers are 29th in the waiver wire order because of their record and, you know, going to the NFC championship game. So 28 teams passed on this guy. And so that, that gives you an idea of what the, what the league thinks of him.
0: And I imagine they put in claims for a bunch of other guys and they just couldn't get him. So Hans was, maybe their last option either way. It sounds like he is another version of Daniel Brunskill where sure, like he can play, you can start, but you don't want that to be something you have to rely on uh, moving forward. So uh, we'll see what hand springs to the table. Ideally, he never has to step onto the field because the 49ers are getting the production they want from whether it's Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford, or Mike Blanche's health. And that kind of takes us to um, our next question. So, What are you most worried about positional-wise on this team? Because, I mean, the main topics that we've been talking about, offensive line, you know, defensive back, is there
1: anything that changed now that the 53 is finalized? I think, so offensive line, we've talked about it, and I think a large part of that is going to be McGlinchey's health, right? I think they've got their starting five set in terms of Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, Mike McGlinchey, and maybe if one of the guards were to struggle, I could see Daniel Brunskill taking over or if Jake Brendel struggles there. Um, And Brunskill basically being that sixth lineman that takes over um, if needed. So I feel a little bit better because I think they're just going to develop over time. Those guys are young. The more they play, they're just going to be better, I believe. I just think defensive back probably is the area of concern just because if you look at the cornerback depth behind Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Moseley, if any one of those guys are hurt, get hurt, which they've already been so far in training camp preseason, all of a sudden you've got D'Amador, Lenore, and Ambry Thomas playing cor- like outside corner, and we've seen that last season, right? And Ambry Thomas got better as the season went on, whatever, but that that would be a concern. And then kind of the same deal at safety, right? We've got Jimmy Ward, who's who's already banged up and missing the first four weeks, or at least the first four weeks, and they're down to three on the 53-man roster in Talno, Faga, George Odom, um and Tarverius more. And so now again another injury there and all of a sudden you're just you're looking at some like guys that just are less experienced playing the position or aren't familiar with the system and all of a sudden it, it could get very 2021 like. So I think they're just thinner at those positions and that's just how it works right in the NFL. Now every roster is perfect. It's not gonna be deep at every position. It's just how it is. And so I'd say those are probably the thinnest position that probably would keep Kyle Shanahan up at night.
0: Yeah, safety is a little worrisome, but I'm pretty fascinated to see how D'Amico Ryan schemes around safety. I thought he did a great job last year of hiding Ambry Thomas and Josh Norman. Um, The 49ers have a ton of good players on defense. So ideally, you'll be able to get by with one bad player. And I'm not saying Tarveris Moore, Georgia, whoever's – Whoever's out there is bad, but there, there's a question mark. And teams are going to find your weakness, your question mark, and look to take advantage of that. Uh, we saw in the preseason, whether it was Moore getting beat for a touchdown, Odom missing a tackle leading to a first down. Like those things are going to happen, I imagine. And teams like um, – I, I don't really put too much stock into like the Bears or the Seahawks, but please believe Sean McVay is going to find your weakness. Or week three, the Broncos have weapons – where, yeah, like he is a smart guy from the Packers. He knows the 49ers, so he will he will attack their weakness as well. Uh, I'm interested to see how Domingo Ryans can kind of overcome that encounter, uh, one of their weaknesses. But, I mean, I, at the same time, Shannon's done a really good job with going to the offensive line. I think I think he's done a really good job of hiding uh, the deficiencies up front too. And, again, one of the biggest takeaways that I had, I know we're, we've talked about and over this past week, we've talked about some of the Trey Lance's struggles in the final preseason game. One of the positive takeaways that I had was he is going to be able to run out of some sacks. Obviously, that's not what you want to have him relying on, but it seemed like his mobility was able to save the day. And the difference of having second and 16 as opposed to second and 10 is you staying on the field and you moving the chain. So uh, the 49ers coaches may have their work cut out for them in, you know, a situation or two here. But I think uh, they can do a really good job of coaching around that. Uh, we, we talked about the practice squad. We've talked about, you know, the roster, where it stands right now. Would you have done anything different? So Jason Poe was a very popular player. He went unclaimed. So 49ers fans were worried that he was going to, you know, get poached by another team. But I know he's listed at 6'2", but I, I feel like we're the same height and I am not 6'2". So it wasn't really a surprise that he went unclaimed, so he'll, he's going to – he intends to sign with the practice squad, as we mentioned. Uh, guys, there are veterans. Uh, Jordan Willis, who's – they said they, they plan on having him back. Uh, Kimiko terre Again, if you're a defensive lineman on the 49ers and you were cut, it was just a numbers game. That doesn't say anything about your talent. Like, we know that Ture can play. He's played at the NFL level. But looking up and down the rest of the roster, is there anybody you would have kept in the place of Ture, for example?
1: I think when you go through from, like, the 85 or the 90-man roster down to the 53-man roster, 90% of those cuts are pretty obvious. You just know who those guys are. You know who the team's going to release based off of their performance, based off where they are on the depth chart, et cetera, right? We've called them, like, camp bodies or whatever the case is. And then there are just a handful of players that I think are really just on the fringe and you can go back and forth on it. I think the two players probably that we debated the most, Kamoko Tore, who, again, had – just was an elite athlete with the Colts. I think he had like five or five and a half sacks last year. And maybe his, maybe there was an indication because he played so deep into the last preseason game that he was going to make this team, but you felt like, okay, they were going to carry 11 defensive linemen. They're going to keep Kamoko terre keep this, you know, the edge position opposite of Nick Bosa, extremely deep. And they just, you know, chose to go away from Ture and, and release him and, he actually had positive things to say on social media about the team, which, which was surprising. It's not often a player gets cut and is, you know, thankful for the opportunity and has good things to say about the coaches and the players and the team and all that kind of stuff. And so speaks to who he is as a person as well. So I thought that was probably the most interesting decision. And I think you look back, you're like, okay, who would you, if you kept to rate, who would you have released? And ultimately I was surprised that the 49ers kept three quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe I'm naive. I thought Purdy would have, snuck through the waiver wire, but maybe he had played just well enough and there's enough Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay type coaches in the league that Purdy would have been claimed, right? Like Nick Mullins going to the Vikings or whatever. So maybe that, I'm being naive there, but that's probably the only only move that I would have changed.
0: I think they should be commended for keeping Purdy over uh, Nate Sudfeld. It was pretty clear that he was better, not just in preseason games, but even in training camp. They could not move the ball with Sudfeld. And Purdy just brings a little bit more, whether it's his athleticism, being able to move the pocket. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big part of Shanahan's offense, obviously. Yeah, like he likes to play action, bootleg, get quarterbacks on the run. And Sudfeld just didn't see the field. And he's been in the league long enough where you know you're not going to get anything. So giving him $2 million at the beginning of the season was questionable. But, you know, with bringing Jimmy back, they were able to get over that uh, that little dead money uh, cap hit. And, I think you had a tweet about that, explaining um, explaining Brock Purdy's contract. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so I, Nate Sudfeld's contract. And so he was guaranteed $2 million. So when he was cut, you know, the 49ers were going to eat the $2 million. But Nate Sudfeld got signed by the Lions, thank God. And so assuming he signs for the veteran minimum, which is just a shade over a million dollars, I think it's like $1.035 Then there's some offset language in Nate Sudfeld's contract, which basically says that if he he can't double dip. So if he's going to get the 1 million from the Lions, he's going to lose that 1 million from the 49ers. So really the 49ers are only on the hook for like 965,000 this year, which isn't a big deal. And, you know, Brock Purdy is going to be a lot cheaper. He's a seventh round pick. He's a rookie under contract for four years. So I know Jordan Elliott's writing about this for, for Niners Nation you know, that's a long-term investment, right? Nate, Nate Sudfeld was on a one-year deal. Sudf- or Purdy now is under contract for four seasons at relatively cheap money for a backup. And assuming after this season, Garoppolo's off to of the roster and it's a Lance Purdy quarterback room moving forward, that's going to be a cheap quarterback room. Like the next couple of years, it's going to be less than like $10 million combined. And so it's going to just allow for more flexibility. So I think it was a big picture move that, you know, was the right was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think it also ge- puts them in a position to, you know, make a move midseason like a la Emmanuel Sanders and be able to re-sign that guy toward the end of the year and not have to use that person as a rental. So this this season is going to be pretty fascinating. And the 49ers have the financial flexibility to make those type of moves. But as always, um, it's going to be about injuries. Um, we talked about cornerback. The cornerbacks were banged up in training camp. Samuel Womack. As good as he played in the preseason, you don't want to rely on a day three rookie cornerback playing on the outside. And even when he was playing against the Texans, like they were going at him and it wasn't with against Brandon Cooks. It was against um, guys who probably won't be dressing up. So uh, Mosley has to stay healthy. Uh, Mooney Ward has to stay healthy. And I think McGlinchey's health above all is as important as it gets because the last thing you want is whether it's Hans, whether it's McKivitz, to 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 throw a new starter, another new starter. You already have three new along the interior. But I think McGlinchey is a lot better than fans realize or are willing to give him credit. Um, But the health is a question mark, and there's no doubt about it. So if he stays healthy, I really think the offense will be fine. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but Dan Graziano of ESPN, like he was, re- he wrote about, don't be surprised if, and for the 49ers section he had, don't be surprised if they miss the playoffs. And he was just going down the list of everything. And it really just ignored all of the things that <laughs> happened with Jimmy Anderson and, and put it all on Trey. And to me, the only way the 49ers miss the playoffs is if there's just a, an insane amount of injuries. Again, I, I think there's, they're stacked um, at, at, enough positions where, where they will be able to hide the safety on one side and elevate the quarterback on the other side. For whatever reason, it um, we're, we're talking about Lance like he has to do the heavy lifting, but that hasn't been the case for the quarterback in the last couple of years. So it's certainly not going to be the case for a first-time quarterback uh, this time around. So um, check that article out. You guys can see uh, the, the little blurb he had, but it it it's a little strange to me where we go from all this talk about one quarterback, and now it's completely opposite uh, for another.
1: Uh, but that's all I got. No, I agree. And, and I, th- I think that's why most of us can't wait for week one, because ultimately it's business, wins, losses, and just can't wait to see these guys on the field and see them perform. And, you know, ultimately, if I think the nerves will settle if they come out in Chicago week one, take care of business, and it's on to Seattle, right? And they're just able to, like, stack some wins early on in the season and just look, look as we expect them to look. Um,
0: a Browns guy just texted me and said, KP, the OL the Niners claim from Cleveland is very solid. Uh, he played pretty much anywhere on the offensive line with little prep. Good swing backup. That is exactly what you want to hear. Um, so, more? <laughs> um, McKibbitts, there goes your spot. Okay, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week, and we get to preview – the regular season, man. It is finally here. Um, for all the talk about the offensive line, Trent Williams will be back. Uh, so, and, re- and remember, so we were talking about, or not we specifically, but a lot of the 49ers fear we're talking about the issues that the Texans had, or the, running de- the run defense had against the Texans. I, when I rewatched the game, there were free run-throughs for the linebackers, but they were not taking them. I imagine, and I'm very confident that, when Fred Warner is 54. on the field, like, he's going to clean up all of those. Yeah, so I think the defense is going to dominate Chicago. And I think on the other side of the ball, Shannon's going to put the Bears linebackers in a blender. Um, it it should be relatively easy. And I know that's not the right way to put it, just because NFL week one, you never know what to expect. But uh, there, I would put it like this. There isn't a better first opponent for San Francisco coming out of the gate. So uh, we'll break down more about that coming next week. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, We thank you for having one of our biggest months ever um, on the Niners Nation Network. So please continue to rate, subscribe, review, leave us five stars wherever it is you get your podcast. I'm Kyle. Follow me on Twitter, KP underscore show. Akash, yourself.
1: Follow me at Twitter at AKASHANAV. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Niners Nation Podcast Network, subscribe, rate, review, and as always, go Niners.